0: You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is Highlights from our weekly service.
1: Jesus is risen. Alleluia. Good evening. A welcome to Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. Yes, it is truly a special night and that's why I'm all dressed up. Over the last four days, we have journeyed with Jesus through his passion and death. We remembered with joy as he gave us the gift of himself in the Eucharist, humbled as he washed his friend's feet and asked us to be a people who serve one another. We have been filled with sadness as we recall how he was betrayed by his friends, then betrayed by other friends as he went through the agony in the garden, and then was denied by his closest friend, not once, but three times. We witnessed the victory of hate, jealousy and apathy in the scandal of the cross. But today, we celebrate God's love. Love which forgives the greatest sin. Love which heals the deepest wound. And love which offers a new life to all who believe. Jesus is risen, Alleluia. Many churches celebrate the Lord's resurrection with holy fires and candlelit services. Because we cannot be together at this time, we as a church decided to put lights in our windows and light our own personal Easter flame. We do this to proclaim that darkness has been vanquished by the death and resurrection of our Saviour, and as a witness to the world around us. Some of you may have lit your lights and lighted your candles last night at the vigil. We did too. But tonight, together with all of Northern Lights and our friends across the world, we do it again. I invite you to join us. Rejoice, all heaven, sing choirs of angels, exalt all the world. For Jesus Christ, our King and our friend, has risen from the dead. Sound the trumpet of salvation, rejoice, O worth in shining splendour, radiant in the joy our Lord brings. Jesus has conquered the darkness. Let his glory fill our homes and our hearts. Let the risen saviour shine upon us. Let this home resound with joy, echoing the mighty song of all God's people. It is truly right that we should praise you, invincible, almighty and eternal God, and your son, Jesus Christ. For Christ saved us by his sacrifice. This is our Passover feast, when Christ the true lamb is slain. This is the night when you freed the people of Israel from their slavery and led them with dry feet through the seas. This is the night when the pillar of fire destroyed the darkness of sin. This is the night when Christians everywhere washed clean of sin and restored to grace and grow together in holiness. This is the night when Jesus Christ broke the chains of death and rose triumphant from the grave. Night truly blessed when heaven is wedded to earth and we are reconciled to you. Accept this Easter candle a flame divided but undimmed, a pillar of fire that glows in your honour. Let it mingle with the lights of heaven and continue bravely burning to dispel the darkness of the night. May the morning star which never sets find this flame still burning. Christ, that morning star, who came back from the dead and shed his blood peaceful light upon all creation, your Son, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. Our first reading, read by Anna, is is speaking in Acts. He rejoices in the healing mercy of God, offered to all people who believe in Jesus.
2: A reading from Acts chapter 10. Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism. You know what happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him, after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord.
1: In our Gospel, read by Kelly, we hear how Jesus' friends believe, not because they see him, but in his absence from the tomb. Afterwards, we will hear Michael open the scriptures for us, and then Morgan will lead us in prayer.
3: A reading from the Gospel of John, Chapter 20. Verses 1 to 9. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw, and he believed. This is the word of the Lord.
4: Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I say Christ is risen, and you all say he is risen indeed, hallelujah. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. I have a short story for you. I trust you are sitting comfortably. Once upon a time, there was a little girl, and her name was Goldilocks. She had lovely golden hair, and one day Goldilocks was walking in the forest, and she saw a house, and she knocked on the door, and she went inside. No one was there, and Goldilocks saw three bowls on the table. She was hungry. So she's tried the porridge. The first porridge was too hot. The second porridge, as you'll be aware, was too cold. But the third porridge was just right and Goldilocks ate all of the porridge. Goldilocks was then tired and so she found a chair to sit down. There were three chairs. The first chair she sat in was too big. The second chair she sat in was too small. But the third chair she sat in was just right and that chair broke when she sat on it. Goldilocks was very tired, so she went upstairs and the first bed that she went on, she said, this bed is too hard, the second one, the bed was too soft, but the third bed, the third bed, was just right. Soon, the three bears, whose cottage it was, came home. Somebody's been eating my porridge, said Daddy Bear. Or parent one bear, the big bear. Someone's been eating my porridge, said mummy bear. Or parent two, the slightly smaller bear. Cub, like one might say. And someone's been eating my porridge, and it's all gone, said baby bear. Someone's been sitting on my chair, said Daddy Bear. Someone's been sitting on my chair, said mummy bear. Someone's been sitting on my chair, said said Baby Bear. And it's broken! I'm going to leave the story there, if you don't mind. Just perhaps to bring some cheer this evening. Why didn't Goldilocks like Mama or Papa Bear's porridge? Its temperature made it unbearable. The three bears return after their long walk. Daddy says, who's been eating my porridge? Mummy says, who's been sitting in my chair? And Baby Bear says, never mind that, someone's nicked the tally. I stopped the story just before they went upstairs. It's not hard for you to know that after sitting on the chair, there is the going upstairs. There is the agony at realising that someone is in the bed. There is the waking up out of the bed. There is the running out of the house. There is the never to be seen again Goldilocks. You know what is going to happen. It can feel a bit like that in Holy Week. We spend our time trying to get into the zone. We listen to the Passion. We hear of the Last Supper, where Jesus shared bread and wine, even with the one who was going to betray him. There is an argument about who is the greatest and who is the best at following Jesus. There is the promise not to deny Jesus. There is a time of prayer when those closest to Jesus did not stay awake, they did not stay alert. Jesus was arrested after after having been identified with a kiss. There is the panic, there is denial. Three times the cock crowed. There is beating, there is mocking, there is blindfolding. There is the scene before Pilate there is the appeasement of the people, and there is populist justice. A sinner is released. The cross is carried by another. There is confusion about who actually Jesus is among two criminals. There is the sign above the head of Jesus. There is the vinegar. Jesus dies. Jesus is buried, the tomb is sealed. We live this each year. We focus on different aspects. We grow as we own the story. We grow as we develop a deeper inner knowledge of this lived knowledge. But we cannot get away from the fact during Holy Week that we know the end. The disciples did not know the end of the story, and I wonder what they were thinking. They will have tried to keep faith clearly, but seeing everything that I've described, everything that we've lived through in the last week, it would have been difficult to hold on to the promise of God. They had been there. They had seen the events unfold. They would have not really expected to see what they saw. They will have been wobbles in their faith. Was it all true? I saw what he did, but now look what's happened. I saw him die. What do we do now? Daily life totally changed, even over two days. We know the end of the story. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. But they will have been in darkness, a deep darkness before the light returned. Many times in human history, we humans have lived through complex times. We have been told in the past as a race to keep going, to keep the faith that all will be well. It would have been difficult to do so at the time because we did not know at the time the end of the story. And an easy analogy to make is with World War II. The Queen recently did this in her address to the nation. During the war, if we lived during the war, we did not know what the end would look like. From simple key stage two texts. During the six years Britain was at war, 39 to 45, life was frequently hard. Food and clothing were rationed and in short supply. Bombing caused fear, injury, death and destruction. Families were often separated due to evacuation. Rationing was introduced to control supplies of food and clothing during the war. The government's dig for victory campaign encouraged people to grow their own food to avoid fresh produce shortages. In London people used to wear identity tags because so many homes were destroyed, so many people were killed, one in 10 deaths of 80,000 Londoners were children, and the bombing injuries suffered made identifying wounded people particularly difficult, so they were encouraged to wear identity tags to speed up the process. Many people used air raid shelters called Anderson shelters to keep themselves safe during air raids. These shelters were given by the government to all householders with a garden free for those who earned less than 250 pounds a year. At the time, they did not know the end of the story. Fast forward now with me. They had no idea that in a few decades later, in a few decades time, there was a great sense of liberation and freedom to come. Years and years of living life to the full. People coming and going as they pleased. Free education. A national health service being set up, a deeper understanding of different types of relationship, of different types of family, a global village, making friends from different places and churches right across the globe. Today children are born in the UK, arguably for this sermon, into a place of freedom, opportunity and wealth. What we have today The parks, the towns, the transport, the food, the takeaways, the pubs, the beaches, the friends, the connections, the support and so on. Even now during this time. I don't know if people living through the Second World War dared ever imagine this. It was so intense at the time. There seemed perhaps to be very little in the way of hope. Similar, similar to the disciples at that time. And so here we are. And who could have thought it. It is hard but it's not as hard as it could be. It may get worse before it gets better and we currently do not know the end of the story. We've got through times like this before and we have each other as support. The disciples had lived through dark times and then on the third day green shoots appeared. I don't say anything today to diminish the difficulty that we find ourselves in, which affects some of us more than others. But I want us to see the hope as we consider the empty tomb. And so early on the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that would have been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. They saw and they believed. And of course, all of this had been foretold. All of this came to pass as had been foretold by the prophets. And our first reading thinks about the impact of the risen Christ, but also refers to all of the prophets testifying about him at the time and in the past. And so we can learn from this too. Prophecies coming true again and again through the life of Christ and a sense that in which we too are in a place where we do not know the future, we look at it as if through a mirror darkly. But just as the coming of Christ was foretold and his death was foretold and his resurrection was foretold, we now have words of prophecy that we can hold on to. In theory, we know that Goldilocks is in the bed. We still just haven't found her yet. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and God will dwell with them. They will be God's people, and God will be with them and be their God. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words trustworthy and true. I wish you all the best this Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.
0: I invite you now to join me in some prayers of intercession. On this special day, as all Christian churches rejoice in you in the resurrection, We pray for those in leadership of your churches around the world, including Cecilia and those who guide the Metropolitan Community Church. As all Christians around the world celebrate the resurrection, we bring before you in prayer, particularly those who face great political or social difficulty, celebrating the message of your love. At this time of great challenge for the health and well-being of people across the globe, we pray for the leaders of all nations, that their hearts may be open to cooperation and compassion, and that their minds may find wisdom. We pray for people in refugee camps and others particularly vulnerable to coronavirus due to war, discrimination or poverty. We pray for those whose immune system is already afflicted and as is our custom in the Metropolitan Community Church, I will light a candle. I light the candle in recognition of the many who have suffered and died because of HIV and AIDS in gratitude for the scientific progress towards treatment and prevention and in determination to maintain pressure for these advances to be made available whatever the country and whatever the income of individuals. In line with this unique tradition of our church, as I light this candle today, we also pray for those around the world suffering from the coronavirus either suffering because of their own infection, or suffering because of the pain or loss of a loved one. And we ask for your blessing on scientists trying to find ways of counteracting this virus. We commend to your care those on the front line of the pandemic in this country, those working professionally in health and social care, and those who keep essential services operating be with them and their loved ones as they face so much physical and emotional pressure. We pray for those suffering from the virus and those suffering from other illnesses at this time of additional pressure on our health and social services. We pray for those who are now in hospital, nursing homes and care homes, especially those very ill and not able to be visited by loved ones. We pray for carers of those ill at home, for those unable to visit loved ones in hospital, care homes or their own homes, and for the bereaved who must remain apart from each other. We pray for those who are particularly struggling with loss of physical contact with family or friends due to the virus. We pray for those struggling with loss of income, loss of employment and loss of careers. We pray for those who feel particularly afraid because of the residential constraints of nursing homes, hospital wards, service bases, prisons, overcrowded housing or homelessness. We pray for those associated with our church that you will be with them at their time of need. We pray for Pastor Ronnie as he leads us to understand your message for us. May we be a people who shine with the joy of your resurrection, bringing your love into the darkness of people's lives. We pray now in silence for those of particular concern to us. Whether or not we have already forwarded the details to Pastor Ronnie. In faith and joy, we bring our prayers to you. Now We pray in silence for ourselves. In faith and joy, we bring our prayers to you. Let us say the prayer that Jesus taught us. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen
1: we offer each other the grace may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go with the peace of the risen Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk